Yes, we have movement. <laughs> hey Which means I haven't broken anything yet. Hi. Thanks for coming. Hey girl. Thanks for coming. Well, welcome. Thanks for coming, listeners. This episode is a little different. Um, where's Seth? I don't know. I told him that we were going to have this conversation, so we're having tea without him. I'm sure he won't mind. Seth is on assignment. <laughs> yes, there you go. <laughs> Seth is on assignment. So, um, listeners, I just wanted to gather today and welcome special guest, my sister, Valencia, a.k.a. Lindsay, a.k.a. Val from AK, a.k.a. all the other stuff that I probably called her on my Instagram stories. Hey, hey now. (laughs) (laughs) So, Lindsay, do you want to um, introduce yourself to the people? Just give them a little bit about you and what you're up to um, as much as you want. They don't need to know all of your business unless you want them to. I mean, if y'all got time, I'm just kidding. <laughs> just kidding. So Lindsay is what the brothers refer to me as, friend Valencia. Um, young adults finding out this adulting stuff in this hectic world. <laughs> and yeah. I think that's about it. Little kiddo uh, recently relocated to Texas and just out here doing the thing. Yeah, she is Aiden's old apartment unit. (laughs) (laughs) He'll be three in September. The little munchkin. He's not in my apartment anymore. (laughs) (laughs) Fair, fair. (laughs) Well, thank you for coming to do this with us. Um, Again, we just wanted to hear from somebody that was in the field working with COVID. So we appreciate your time. I'm excited. I'm glad to be here. So listeners, you know, the long and the short of COVID-19, we've been here um, since early March. I have been. This is week 24, actually, since I've been remote. That's crazy. That's ridiculous. (laughs) Yeah, I've been keeping track on Twitter just for funsies, and I actually just found out that I'll be remote for the rest of 2020. Craziness. (laughs) I'm praying for you. (laughs) Thank you. Well, actually, the conversation is really surrounded around awareness. We just want to let people know what's going on. This is serious. It's not your regular flu bug. People really, really need to be taking it seriously. There's over 173,000 deaths in the United States as of today, Uh, over 10,000 in Texas, over 3,000 in Indiana. And for um, all you Indiana listeners, Stoney and I are in Marion County, which is like the main kind of city, I'd say, what, outside of Evansville. Stoney, correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah, like Indianapolis is the biggest city. And then like, yeah, so it's like the biggest like metropolitan area, basically. Okay. And Lindsay, you're directly located in Austin, Texas. Yes, Austin. And you know what's really crazy bringing up? Indiana and Texas kind of funny how they're like joined in a sense at least from where I've been working when I started the orientation people you know introduce yourself blah 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 and I told them that I was coming from Indiana and they were like oh wow because we actually have 
a meeting with some of their directors to ask what they have been doing because they've been doing so well. And I just thought that was funny because I was like, whoa, I just came from there and just worked at that hospital. And now they're giving tips to the company I work for. It was just, it was a crazy moment. It's not terribly relevant, but. No, <laughs> that is. Like, I mean, I talk like, about a transition. Yeah. I was yeah, like, that's crazy. I mean, really that is connected because when you think about it state to state, it's a little different. So um, it's interesting that the state you were working in is sending tips to where you are now. Yeah. I was, (laughs) and especially being, I mean, the hospital I used to work for in Indiana was great. So I have no doubt in my mind about their credentials and stuff, but I was just like, Texas is way bigger. Why don't you guys have like, more of a plan to be getting tips from the Midwest. (laughs) I was was like, but you know, I'll I'll let that slide. (laughs) Listen, we'll keep our mouths shut for the sake of our paychecks. (laughs) (laughs) So before we get too deep into it, listeners, you might hear some jingling in the background. That is my fur nephew, Mass. He's a gorgeous (laughs) blue pit bull. He looks like an alligator, but he's very nice. (laughs) And he makes uh, like pig sounds. So sorry about that. He's just (laughs) having fun with his bed over there in his own world. So disclaimer. That's right. We're just living. Okay. We're just living. (laughs) So before we get into like the heart of the discussion, I want to kind of get, um, Lindsay, your reactions to COVID-19, just because Stoney and I have kind of talked about it on the podcast as it developed the virus. So when it became like new and fresh, um, what was happening at work? What was happening with you personally? How were you processing it? So it was really weird because at the time we relocated, it was like minute talk, right? So when I did start, I actually remember going through the process of starting work. So I applied, took maybe like a week or so to hear back. And then I went for my interview. And it was really funny because I remember them talking a little bit about COVID. Like my interview was interrupted because they were like, oh, blah, 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 COVID. And I was like, what? You know, and I kind of just was sitting there because of course that's not my place yet but um a part of the process in getting hired was I had to shadow other people who were doing my job I'm a technician so I work with nurses so I had to go and shadow other techs and see like is this really what I want to do type thing which was cool I've never had that experience before but it was helpful to give an insight as to like what I would be doing. But I remember when I was shadowing, um, one of the girls was like, Hey, someone has to go downstairs and help out with the COVID testing. And I was like, what? Like, um, say what now? And she was like, yeah, down at the ER. And I mean, of course they're talking to each other, but my heart is like racing. And I'm like, okay, this is real. You know, I think that's when it kind of like sunk in for me. Because again, when we moved, this was not a talk at all. But by the time I was hired, which was like a month later, now this is all we're talking about. And then as the time has progressed, it's kind of just like, okay, this is a really serious thing. It's been a little bit of a toss up because I've watched many webinars and all of this stuff from other nurses. I 
am a very curious person myself, so I ask a lot of nurses, primarily nurses who are older, because I want their intake on what exactly is going on. Smart. The, Get those elders. They have, you know, also lived through sw- swine flu and worked through swine flu and all of that stuff. So I'm like, what is the difference here? And pretty much the difference is simply that we don't really have a vaccine for what is going on right now. It's new. It's fresh. We don't have a vaccine yet where swine flu, it happened. And then it was like, okay, we have a vaccine. Everyone's getting vaccinated. But talking to some of those nurses, it was like the numbers are kind of the same. So is there really, you have some nurses who are like, this is terrible. This is the worst thing I've ever seen. And then you have other nurses who are like, okay, this isn't that bad. Because you know, if you look at the numbers, they're kind of the same. So there's just so many different perspectives. I think it's more of a internal type of thing. But definitely by far the worst is the fact that it's respiratory. Because it subliminally target like targets other groups. It targets the older people. It targets people who may have, you know, difficulty breathing with asthma and things like that. So for those people, it is like a terrifying thing for immunocompromised people. Mm-hmm. It's a scary thing. But for your everyday people, of course, as we can tell, people who aren't socially distancing, some people just don't give a crap. So I have my days where I'm in the grocery store and aggravated as all get out because I'm like, why are people not wearing masks? Why are you wearing gloves in your vehicle and (laughs) going to touch things in the store? Like it, it's just a lot, but I think the biggest thing is just staying informed, seeing what you can do, what your state is doing and kind of just take it from there. I'm curious as to what the nurses about the numbers that were saying they're about the same, like what's their point of reference? Is it the number of deaths? Is it the number of people that are sick currently? Because this seems to be pretty massive compared to other pandemics. Yeah. yeah. Just before you answer too, like we were just talking about this the other night too, is that like swine flu, I think it was H1N1 is mm-hmm. what it was called, but like, what's the difference because i remember that happening like when i was in maybe i had just graduated college or whatever back i think that was like 2009 2010 or something and like what is the difference because i don't remember it like disrupting our life you know what i mean like this is just like has kind of taken everything over it's basically basically the difference is like in i kind of have been referring to coronavirus as a cold but i call it like the deathly cold. I know that's kind of dark, but (laughs) because because it's like respiratory, you know? So for me, it's like, um, when I've talked to other people and stuff like that, I refer to things like the plague, because to me, that's what I think of when I think of pandemic. And especially regarding what you said, Stoney, H1N1 didn't stop anything. I remember being at school and getting my vaccination and all of that stuff. So the strain is pretty much the difference. This has came from like bats and things like that. There have been many different. <laughs> hey, <laughs> there's my roommate. <laughs> Aiden, watch show for me, okay? He's so loud. 
He just ran back to the room. He dropped off Marshall. You guys can see. The viewers can't see. But he dropped me off a gift. <laughs> um, <laughs> but there have been many different talks of what COVID has came from, right? I actually, I don't know if you guys watched it, but there's a documentary on Netflix. And they talk a little bit about it coming from bats, where H1N1 swine flu came from pigs. So mm-hmm. it's kind of the difference there. But as far as the different issues that it brings as far as how COVID brings respiratory issues and H1N1 did not, that is a big like up in the air thing. And I think that's one of the scariest parts of it is it's just like H1N1, it's kind of like, okay, you have the flu, but everything's pretty normal. You can go back to work after this much attention or whatever the case may be where with COVID, I've actually seen some people that are back home in Alaska, she's been tweeting like weekly or daily updates, however often she sees fit, but she will literally be talking about, you know, hey, I had this and this was a month or two months ago and I'm still dealing with this. Walking to the bathroom exhausted me today. And it's like, yeah. And that's the, I think, scary part is that I don't think many people take that seriously but when you're working in it and you see the numbers like quick example I helped someone change yesterday like I worked with COVID patients yesterday and I helped a woman change her clothes so she can get ready for her evening and when she took off her nasal cannula which provided her oxygen when she took that off for three minutes her oxygen dropped to like 91 and we don't like to see patients below 92 without a nasal cannula. So for a matter of that to happen within a couple minutes and literally her being monitored by me, I was there in the room with her, but just that she was so exhausted. I mean, and she wasn't even standing up. She was sitting in bed, just taking her clothes off, but that oxygen not being provided dropped her stats that much. That's something we would be willing to send someone to the ICU for. So I think when people don't work with it, it's very like, oh, this is fine. Like, it'll be okay or whatever. But really, it's like, no, there's so much more to it than just, oh, I have a hard time breathing today. No, it's way more than that. Did you have any questions? Well, the only, like, follow-up I had was, like, have, like, any of the nurses you've talked to, like, talked about, like, the contagious part of it? Like, as far as... Because it seems like in the media, or at least on the news, they've always talked about like this, um, like COVID-19 is like way more contagious than like anything else. Like, I didn't know if like you've heard that or like what you know about that. I think the scariest part about COVID, to be completely honest, is that you can have COVID and not show symptoms. So I think that is what is being referred to when it's like you can, it's more contagious Because either one of you could be sitting there, God forbid, with COVID and, you know, somebody come at your door and drop something off and, you know, you exchange something or whatever. And now they have COVID because they were exposed to your front doorstep or something like that, where, Mm -hmm. of course, when you are presenting symptoms, when you have a fever, when you have, you know, the cough and all of this stuff, you are more contagious because you were actively going through those things. You have an active fever, so you were actively 
showing signs of sickness, you can easily pass that off to someone else just by a sneeze or by a cough or by not properly washing your hands. But with COVID, you can still be asymptomatic and have it, which I had COVID. So I didn't really show symptoms. I didn't have a fever or anything, but still came back with a positive result. So it was like, now what do I do? Because (laughs) I'm asymptomatic, but I have a kid to take care of. I can't socially distance from my kid. I can't socially distance from, you know, grocery stores and things like that, which is terrible. But it's, I think that is the contagious part that is being talked about. It's just like, you can pass it, whether you're presenting symptoms or not. That's why socially distancing is being strictly like advised at this time because you just don't know who has it and who does not. Well, on that note, because we are going to get there, um, Lindsay did have um, COVID-19 and as well as Aiden's father, uh, miraculously somehow Aiden did not not get it. Which makes me think he's an X-Men. Yeah. (laughs) I'm convinced. You don't have to tell me. But for the people out there who just kind of receive that, because people are not really reacting or taking it seriously until it impacts them directly. So what would you say to those people as somebody that had COVID? And I know, um, I don't want to say his name on air without permission, but Aiden's dad had more of the symptoms symptoms than Lindsay did. So what would you say to those people who just are trying to blow it off? Oh, she got over it. It's fine. It's a hoax. Um, I would definitely say don't just don't be that person. It sounds so simple, but just don't because you I've heard so many stories via podcast or witnessing it firsthand at work where someone in someone's family is being so nonchalant and they're still going out to bars and X, Y and Z and they have COVID and don't realize it. And then they pass it on to a grandparent. And now it's like, oh, grandma's in the ICU because of you. You know what I'm saying? So I don't want any, I mean, it's a terrible feeling. I don't want anybody to feel like that. But it shouldn't also have to take that for you to just wake up and realize like the actions that you are portraying affect many different people. I don't think a lot of people really realized how much interaction we did on a daily basis until people had to start working from home and being like, oh, I actually interact with people a lot, or maybe Mm -hmm. I don't or whatever, but just take it seriously. Like it may not affect you because you don't have asthma and you don't have cancer and you don't have COPD and all of these things, but that doesn't mean that you can't be affected by it. The girl I mentioned earlier, healthy, young, like 21-year-old girl and is still dealing with breathing problems as a result of this. Like, just don't put yourself in that predicament because anything can happen. There have been so many cases I've seen where this person is fine one minute, next minute they're being sent to the ICU. When I come back for work in two days because I had two days off and you're like, oh yeah, how was that patient? Oh, they passed. It's that quick. Like, it's terrible, but you have to take it seriously because that's the thing. You just don't have answers unless you are God. (laughs) I don't really think you should be out here gambling with life like that. Say it again for the assholes in the back. I mean, if you really want to gamble with life, 
go bungee jumping and <laughs> go go skydive, go do other things to get your high, but messing around in a pandemic is not it. <laughs> yeah. So like with that being said, like what do you think like for somebody that's not experienced COVID or has not had family like experience COVID, what would you like what's like a big misconception you think? Like if somebody's just watching the news, like what's a misconception from the news that we're not getting? I think the biggest misconception, honestly, is that this is just affecting older people. I feel like that has been brought up so, so, so much and understandably so because it's affecting them more. However, that doesn't mean it doesn't affect you too, you young people and all of that stuff. So I think that's the biggest misconception. It's simply just that older people are more at risk. That's like, when I explained to a couple people at work, I'm baffled that myself and Aiden's father have um, had COVID and Aiden did not. And it's like, well, he's a younger guy. He has a healthier immune system. He has an immune system that is building where older people are going in the opposite direction. Their mm-hmm. immune systems are getting worse. Their immune systems are lessening. I mean, you do have some people who are older and in very good health, don't get me wrong, but the slightest thing could terribly affect their life. Yeah. So I feel There's like more precautions that, they have to take. Yes. So I feel like that's the confusing part about it is that so many people are like, Oh, well, it's just affecting older people. No, it's not. <laughs> no, it's not. I know. And y'all better fucking listen because I look at our analytics and bitches 23 to 35 listen to this podcast so go and tell your friends to wear a mask there's plenty of cute ones wear a mask plenty of cute ones to match your outfit (laughs) so just wear it wear your mask and also wash your damn hands not to mention y'all should have been washing your hands already (laughs) before covid (laughs) already let me tell you why i don't want to go back to the office you should have been washing them for more than like two seconds like i'm sad that we have to like actually make songs for people I think that has been one of the, personally, for me, that has been one of the most embarrassing things is that disinfecting wipes, hand soap, hand sanitizer all being sold out. And now I'm just trying to clean my house because I do that regularly. Hello. (laughs) Y'all have gone batshit crazy because there's a pandemic going on. But you didn't wash your hands before? Why was hand soap not sold out before? I don't Listen, get it. Lindsay and I and our brother Darnell, we were all like good kids. We were not allowed to do shit if our chores were not done. So mm-hmm. our like chore list still haunt us. So it's like, okay, it's Saturday, bitch. Wash the bathroom. Yep. Wake up, <laughs> wash that bathroom, start the dishwasher. Cut the grass. <laughs> Sweep off the porch, wipe the those baseboards, COVID's down there too, <laughs> and, while you're uh, doing your yoga. Once a month, clean that refrigerator out, get in the pantry, <laughs> get rid of the old things, yeah, go through your clothes, all of the things. Mercy, because look, I'm not, my office, I've heard the inside tea, we've got like a plan for returning, and it sounds pretty solid, but I've clocked so many bitches in the men's restroom not washing their hands. I'm not trying to go back anytime soon unless I see everyone's hands cracked and ashy. It's very embarrassing to even bring this up, but I had to get on 
a nurse the other day, not the other day. It was like, it was very weird for me because I was very new to the hospital at this point. But um, someone came out in our break room, there's a restroom and someone came out of the restroom and I was taking a sip of water from my locker, came out of the restroom without washing their hands. I and I had to, out. I had to check sis because I, part of me was like, don't say anything. But another part of me was like, that's fucking dirty. <laughs> you were about to go out there and touch God knows what, like you. Or who. Yeah, you in the position that you are in are caring for others so you could go and touch somebody's medication. And coming from somebody who works in pharmacy, all of those vials should be sterile. Like it's very weird seeing nurses mix things next to bedside to administer. And I mean, it's just antibiotics. It's not terrible, but it's also just like, I used to prep these and have to scrub not just my hands, my full up to my elbows for 30 seconds before I even mixed a medication and you are mixing this bedside. That's Just weird. Wild in these streets. So oh, to no. say that you were caring for someone and going to touch who knows what and not washing your hands, I was like, um, excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> That's gross. Hey yeah. friend, <laughs> you didn't wash your hands. And she was like, oh yeah, well I'm going to use sanitizer. And I literally told her, you're a part of the problem. And I just walked away because I was like, there is no way that you should be working in a hospital, caring for patients in a pandemic where it is strictly enforcing hand sanitization and socially distancing. And for you to say, oh, well, I'm going to use sanitizer. Unless someone is coding, which they were not. (laughs) I don't see why you need to be rushing out to the floor to where you can't wash your hands for 20 seconds. <laughs> drag her, drag her. I just, oh, ridiculous. <laughs> so working directly with the um, COVID patients just for added color to this episode, Yeah. what would you say is probably the um, happiest moment you've seen at work around the patients? What's the scariest? Yes. And what was the most eye-opening? So I think the scariest and most eye-opening have been hand in hand. And it's so crazy that we're doing this podcast now because that moment happened for me yesterday. Mm. I had a patient who, um, young woman, I don't think she was over 50. She was not over 50. And she was, when we get patients, we always get a report on them, right? What's their background history? What are they like ambulatory wise? Do they need one person to assist them? Are they independent? Can they do what they want? Do they need two people to assist? Do they need briefs? Do they need all of these things, right? So this woman prior to coming in was independent, living her life, doing her own thing, driving her own car, and is currently in the hospital with altered mental status. Um, that's something that will definitely come up in report. Like if somebody is kind of just not with it a hundred percent, that's something that's definitely, definitely talked about during report, but young woman priorly independent was intubated for two weeks because Mm -hmm. of this virus, no other, you know, background health issues or any underlying things that were going on. 
and she currently has altered mental status like she is just not there not the same person can't really verbalize the same way as she you know prior probably was and I think that was the scariest and eye-opening moment is that like people really are independent and outliving their lives right but then you see how the virus impacts people physically and some people are fine but then other people it's like like for example her vitals were fine when I have to check her vitals and stuff there's nothing that is really like okay this is alarming everything was fine but she is mentally not there (laughs) and I think that's the scary part is that some people think this is just a physical thing And it's definitely not like it affects people mentally as well. And I think that that is a big eye opener. So not just the scariest, but also the eye opening part is that you have people that deal with mental health things on a daily basis. So if something like this were to get on them at a time where they are feeling vulnerable because they are socially distancing, they're not getting that out time, that outlet that they priorly had. Mm -hmm. to then see them in a position like this it's like what would happen to that person that's just a little more susceptible to you know the scary thoughts you know so that sounds like a Stephen King novel to me yeah so I think and it's like I said it's so crazy we're recording this now because I just ran into that yesterday where I'm like oh my gosh you know this person was fine before they got here were intubated for two weeks now they're not intubated they're breathing on their own those things are great but mentally they are not there. And the big question is like, when do they come back? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. That's really scary. So any like positive or happy moments through this? So there has been, I think the happiest moment I've seen was a woman who transferred to us from the ICU and she was intubated for like three weeks. She was intubated for a very long time. And then they excavated her, took the tube out of her throat. She was doing great. So they transferred her to us. And for a while, she had that exact same thing I was talking about with this first patient that I mentioned. She had a little bit of confusion and kind of like wasn't with it. But she did come back after I think like two days. Mm -hmm. And then she was able to start doing more, start using the restroom again on her own, start getting stronger, working with physical therapy and occupational therapy, stuff like that. And then after a month of being in the hospital, she was able to go home. And I was working on the day that she was able to go home. And, you know, there was many claps and many tears and stuff going down the hallway as she was leaving. But Uh, that was a moment of like, okay, people can get through this (laughs) and it can be a good thing. It's very scary and it's very dark, but also listening to her talk, she's like, when I was extubated, I remember, you know, my family members calling. I remember some nurses simply by their voice. So it's like, you don't realize how much you really impact someone, but seeing that happen. Yeah. That was, that was the happiest for sure. Uh, That's really sweet. I like to hear about moments like that because joy is so rare right now. Like all of us are not privilege hiding out and whatever compounds or gated communities not that they're exempt but um, some of us are a little more comfortable than others and I say that mostly because the people out here wanting to say that this is 
fake or not real. I mean, this is real life. So we need these are things we need to think about. These are stories we need to hear, perspectives we need to hear, and that's exactly why I wanted to have you on the show today. I just don't know how something like this could not be real to someone. Like this is not an episode of Hunger Games, okay? Where I mean, <laughs> on a petty is- note, I was Stony and I were like five days out of buying tickets to go visit Lindsay and I's home state, Alaska. I haven't been there since 2014. Mm-hmm. We've all kind of always been scattered, but basically it's long overdue for a visit. And then this happens and you know, my scary ass is not getting on anybody's airplane this <laughs> year. Yeah, no, don't advise so, it, but do you boo boo. <laughs> that's, that's exactly right. I have friends who are flight attendants and they're like, this is good, but you know, this is not. And I'm like, okay, see, I I can interpret the tea leaves. I'm not getting on the plane. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. Stoney, did you have any last questions or thoughts for Lindsay? I don't have any questions. I just want to say like, I guess, first of all, thank you for, you know, being like a frontline worker. Like that's huge and like everything that you do and all the other nurses and the technicians and anybody working in the hospital right now like that's such a huge job and Mm -hmm. like thank you for doing what you do and like helping serve and take care of all the people that are sick so I just want to say thank you and thank you for sharing with all of us I'm glad I can I feel like that's the weird part is that so many people are like oh I don't know what to share and I'm like girl share everything because literally at this point information is crucial experiences are crucial and if my like interactions with someone can help someone better understand I'm like why would you not do that you know and even nurses helped me through it when I was fearful like I don't know if I have COVID like I don't I'm terrified to get tested to bring it home yeah because at one point like to give kind of a brief visual my floor is in the shape of a triangle right so there's a hallway going in each direction three hallways and Mm -hmm. at one point one hallway was strictly our COVID hallway and then there were patients like in the ICU who were dealing with COVID but I dealt with COVID and there were nurses who had already worked with COVID patients And they're like, and I was asking them, I'm like, how do you deal with this? Because you have kids too. Like, how do you manage a life like that? Because you've worked with COVID patients and now you have to go home to your kiddos. Mm -hmm. And they're like, honestly, I just have to think of it as anything. But because of course, this is a little bit scarier, but continuing to wash your hands, maybe have extra bath times or whatever, cleaning your house a little more regularly. There's so many things that, I clean my car religiously. Like I already did keep my car very clean, but especially now with all of this stuff going on, you're going in your grocery store, you're touching things, clean those types of things. And that helped me out a lot just to say, okay, I work with nurses who are administering medicine, who are being advocates for someone else who can't be that for themselves right now. And for them to say, you know, like, you know, you can get through this. It's going to be okay. Just keep doing what you're doing. Do that, you know, take that advice. And that's why 
I get frustrated when I see people without masks or not socially distancing because I'm like, is a mimosa really worth <laughs> being right. in the hospital? You know what I'm saying? Long? My but, goodness. I would love to be on a beach, um, fire island. I'm calling out all of you white gays um, full <laughs> of, you know, cakes and legs on the beach. But that shit's not smart, especially if I know I'm infected. Exactly. People just need to take it seriously. Like whenever I'm in Meyer, um, on Keystone Avenue in Indianapolis, that's the location. Don't go there. Um, <laughs> their employees, maybe two or three of them have masks on. And there are people in there like telling people to go back to their country. If like a woman on next door, the app, um, she was like, Oh, I talked, I asked this man politely why his child had a mask on but he did not. And she's a woman of color. Of course. What's the first thing he says, go back to your country. First of all, motherfucker, you're not from here either. And two, I am a citizen worried about public health. So everyone needs to just like think beyond themselves. It really helps to just not be selfish. Think about (laughs) others and how you can help make the world better your fucking bowl cut will be there next week when you're able to get it your applebee's appetizers will be there when you're able to eat that shit inside that that shit can wait girl we don't need to go to applebee's like (laughs) i haven't been to applebee's since high school so (laughs) i don't know like the appetizers aren't that good no maybe that's crazy too because it's like i'm in a completely new state i'm in a state that is like turn up central okay and i can't even and i can't even experience that to its full extent because of the pandemic and i'm also like okay well that's fine it's a pandemic going on because i do feel like america is that kind of like laughing stock to all the other countries that are like back to living their lives and i'm like everybody follow simple (laughs) instructions for like a month or two maybe just maybe we can get back to normal but because no one wants to listen we're not getting there and that's That's the most annoying part is it's just people being stubborn or you do have people who are quarantining and then they're like okay well I'm tired of this and then they break it and I'm like that doesn't help (laughs) you have to keep doing the things you are doing yeah and take it from Lindsay listeners she was diagnosed with ovarian cancer Mm -hmm. was going through treatment and then found out she had covid so some people out here like the snowball and the avalanche of that mental health wave it's just like it's very real so just be considerate There are so many times we go into rooms and patients are like, I just want someone to talk to, you know, because Mm -hmm. visitors aren't allowed. Like, unless you're going through surgery, visitors aren't allowed. Um, If you're experiencing COVID, they don't want visitors at all. But if you are going through a surgery or something, okay, well, that will be an exception that's being made. But there are so many times where we've gone into rooms and people are like, you know, I just want someone to talk to you for a little bit. And it's like, that is so terrible that, you know, people are just so isolated that they feel like the only thing that is going to make them feel better is like a connection. But at the same time, like 
there are some people who will call me because they just hit the wrong button. They're trying to place their lunch order. <laughs> and they're like, can I get a grilled cheese and some tomato soup? And I'm like, okay, what else? And then we'll just keep talking, but I will keep talking to them on the phone because I just want them to feel better. And if I do have to go in rooms because with everyone being COVID, you can go into different rooms at a time at a time with PPE on. There's just different things you have to do, like with your gloves and stuff that you're wearing. Um, so you have to. It's really funny. You have to wear one set of gloves, and then you have to put your gown on, and then you have to put a second set of gloves on, oh. and then you have to put a bouffant cap, a hair a hair cap on, Ooh, and then you have to ends. put a face shield on. You have to wear all of these things. And on top of your N95 mask, <laughs> you have to wear all of those things. And if you have to leave one room to go to another, you will take off that top set of gloves and sanitize your hands. And then somebody will meet you at the door with a new set of gloves to go into the other patient's room. Oh, my gosh. So sometimes you were gowned up like that for hours at a time at a time. And yeah, it's, you work long shifts. It's exhausting. There are some times where I'm like, you know what? Let me go ahead and do the vitals for the nurses because this is one less thing I have like they have to do and they can just focus on the medicine this morning. And so cool, I'll do that. It's no problem at all. But then it's like, okay, now Every single room I go into, everyone has to use the restroom, <laughs> which is fine. Yeah. But that what normally takes like an hour to do vitals has now turned into two vitals because everyone's using the restroom. And then it's like, oh, well, now the breakfast trays are here. So can you pass out breakfast trays before <laughs> you degown so that two hours turns into three hours? And mm. all of this with all of this PPE on. And there are so many patients, honestly. Some of my confused patients are my favorite patients because they just say whatever the hell comes to mind. Like there's one patient. Oh, I love that. Just don't call me out of my name. Yeah. There's one patient who my phone kept ringing and we have a walkie system. So I had to tell them like, Hey, my phone's going to roll over. I'm in a contact room. And my phone kept ringing because people kept calling and this older lady, oh, she was so sweet. I love her to death. She was like, can they just leave you alone, please? You are spending Amen. time Amen. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> and I literally just sat with her and was like, I'm not going anywhere else. And when I leave here, I'm degowning because this right here is the highlight. And for her to feel the same way and for her to be that little <laughs> light for me, it's like, you got to take your little wins where you can get them. Absolutely. Well, I want to echo Stoney before we log off. Thank you for doing the work that you are doing. I would be a hot ball of tears if I worked in that industry. I probably would have quit by now. <laughs> Lindsay likes all of the gross stuff, like our mom. Anyway, I not do. saying COVID is, not saying COVID patients are gross, but COVID's gross. Like I don't want it. Yeah, so. <laughs> it, is. It, it really is. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> Uh, but, um, yes, listeners, thank you for tuning in, um, for this special episode. Remember to keep up with us on Tuesday's Canada's drag race coverage. We are getting very close to the crown. So please stay tuned in. We will be covering drag race Holland and yes, merch shop now available. Thanks for coming podcast.com. Hey, hey. So, so 
if that's all. <laughs> I think so. I think so. <laughs> Bye. Bye. <laughs> Hello, you're listening to Trouble Trouble, a music podcast, and I'm your host, Seth. Throughout our bi-weekly adventure through music, we will discuss one album at a time. An album is an adventure through an artist's mind. Music is like a language. What message are these artists trying to get across? We will examine the stories behind the albums, themes, and my favorite lyrics through a queer lens. Make no mistake, this podcast is for everyone. Come as you are. I hope you'll join me and maybe a guest or two along the way as we build our connection to music. Make sure to subscribe to Treble Treble Podcast and leave a review if you enjoyed your adventure. Rock on, young savior, and don't give up your hopes. <laughs>